My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Friday the 8th of December. I'm Sam. I'm Billy. Yesterday, an independent review about Australia's National Disability Insurance Scheme made 26 recommendations for Australia's governments to better support Australians living with a disability. We're going to explain exactly what you need to know about these recommendations. But first, Billy, there was some big news from Australia's media yesterday. Yes, Australian broadcaster Alan Jones has been accused of inappropriate behaviour with several young men in an investigation by the Sydney Morning Herald. In her report, journalist Kate McClymont alleged Jones used his position of power to prey on a number of young men. Jones denies the allegations and his legal team has confirmed they have taken the first step in commencing defamation proceedings against the Sydney Morning Herald. Fiji's Deputy Prime Minister Biman Prasad has called for a no-visa requirement to travel between Australia and the Pacific Islands. In an address in Australia, Prasad said Australians and Pacific Islanders should be able to freely move and work across the vast blue Pacific. He suggested a visa-free Pacific as the next step, highlighting the benefits of economic integration between the countries. The International Air Transport Association has announced expected net profits of 23.3 billion US dollars for the global airline industry this year. The association includes Australian airlines like Qantas and Virgin. The Director General of the association said that on average, airlines make $8 for each customer that travels. And today's good news, I like this one. Viewers of Deal or No Deal in the UK have helped raise thousands for a contestant who has motor neuron disease. Bradwell went on the show to win enough money to fulfill his bucket list, but he only walked away with five pounds. That's about 10 Australian dollars. A fellow contestant on the show set up a GoFundMe page, which has now raised more than 100,000 pounds to help Whale complete his bucket list. Okay, so Billy, yesterday an independent review of the National Disability Insurance Scheme, and we more commonly know it as the NDIS, made 26 recommendations to create what it said would be a more sustainable, functional and equitable support system for Australians with a disability. The authors of the review said their recommendations would renew the promise of the NDIS to people with disabilities. Before we go to those 26 recommendations... Why don't we go back a few steps and talk through what exactly the NDIS actually is? Yes, that seems like a really logical place to start. So for those who don't know, the NDIS provides necessary support and services for Australians who have a permanent and significant disability. So it offers access to community service, which can be things like just going to the doctors, for example. And it also provides assistance for necessary support, such as, you know, if you need a car to be modified, it can provide the financial assistance to do things such as that. Now, it was launched in 2013, so it's about 10 years old, but it was rolled out incrementally and it was ultimately completed in 2020. Today, there are now over 610,000 Australians who receive support from the NDIS, 
But for reference, there are 2.5 million Australians with a disability under the age of 65, and 65 is the cutoff age for NDIS support. Okay, and so 10 years into the program, there's been this big review. But before we go into what the review found, was there anything that kind of triggered the commissioning of the review in the first place? Yeah, definitely. So in order for a review to be commissioned, there needs to be a reason for that. And so the government launched the review in 2022, and that was because of widespread concerns about deteriorating support for NDIS recipients. Sam, you work in the media. I'm sure you've heard a lot of complaints over the years. I feel like I've been hearing about them for years. Yeah. Now, one of the key concerns was the NDIS's functionality. So there were a lot of allegations about the presence of unethical providers who are allegedly overcharging recipients for ineffective or even just unnecessary supports. And another big concern was just how expensive the NDIS was becoming, and that was attributed to a number of reasons, but one was the number of participants needing the NDIS and that growing much faster than was initially expected 10 years ago. So basically, if I was to kind of generally bundle those two issues, it's wastage and it's programs not being efficient, and that's because of some bad actors, but also some problems with the way that grants are given out, but also then the rising cost of the program. And We covered earlier this year the number of people with ADHD on the NDIS, and I think that kind of story symbolised to politicians the different ways in which the NDIS is being used in 2023. Definitely. And before you go on, I do just want to point out, obviously, we're focusing on the bad stuff. There is obviously a lot of good that the NDIS has done. Of course. And that is the message that comes from the government whenever those bad stories come out, is that we're focusing on the bad actors, but there's people who are using the NDIS funds for good. Totally. And they want to focus on the bad because they want to fix it. Exactly. So they did focus on the bad and they did this review. What did the review find? So overall, just as a general sentiment, the report found that the current system was difficult to navigate and that it didn't really encourage high quality services for people with disabilities. So to solve this, it made 26 recommendations overall, and that came with 138 supporting actions. So ways that the government can action those recommendations, and those are to be implemented over a five-year period. So I'll put a link to the report in the show notes if you do want to have a closer look, but just as a top-line overview of what it recommended, the first recommendation was that the NDIS should not be the sole source of disability support in Australia and should more be part of a bigger system of connected disability services. Did they offer like an idea of how that could actually operate? So it recommended investing in something it called foundational supports, and those would be available to all people with a disability, and it would exist outside of the NDIS's individualised budgets. So at the moment, the way the NDIS works is that if you're a person with a disability, you can go to the NDIS and ask for specific personal support. But what this review recommended was that there should be something overall outside of individualised support that all people across Australia with a disability can access. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like blanket mainstream services. Exactly. That everyone can access. And so it said that by setting up these kind of foundational supports, the government can reduce the inequity, which was a word that kept coming up, between people in the NDIS and those who are not in the NDIS. So basically... The report recommended that the NDIS not be this sole source of disability support in Australia, but be part of like a broader network of disability support systems that everyone can access. Yeah, 
Exactly. Spot on. Okay, so what else did the report find? Another recommendation was around how people who are on the NDIS have their budgets managed. So just quickly, for people on the NDIS, the government doesn't provide support payments directly, so you don't just get a lump sum put into your bank account. Instead of that, participants get a budget which they can use to purchase support from registered providers. Now, the NDIS hasn't suggested changing that basic structure, but it has said that there needs to be a greater flexibility in how participants of the NDIS can spend their budget with minimal exceptions. And it also said that the government should adopt a, quote, trust-based approach to overseeing how budgets are spent. So we've pretty much talked about ways that people inside the NDIS can have the program modified to make it more effective. Did the report recommend anything for those who wish to apply to the NDIS? Yes, this was another key recommendation. So it addressed how people apply to access the NDIS. And it said that in this application process, the NDIS should prioritise those with, quote, significant functional impairment and need over a medical diagnosis, which you might be asking why. So it said at the moment, many participants are gaining automatic access to the NDIS because they have a medical diagnosis, which has led to a focus on the need of having a medical diagnosis rather than the actual function and disability-related support needs. That's interesting. Yeah, and it said that this has led to inequity. Again, like I said, that's a word that just kept coming up in this report. And it said it created this inequity because it favoured only those with means to obtain a diagnosis. Right, so basically favouring people who had access to doctors and assessments that could get them the, the paperwork that they need to access the program. Yes, exactly. How has the government come out yesterday to respond to all of this? So, like we said, the report only came out yesterday, and my understanding is that the government didn't have the report before it was released to the public. So they haven't detailed yet whether or not they will accept each recommendation or not. But Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has said that a full government response will be released next year, which will follow further consultation with the disability community over the coming months in how the government should respond to this. But In terms of initial comments about it, NDIS Minister Bill Shorten said, quote, this is a significant moment in Australian history, particularly for people with disability and their families and the disability sector. Our nation will reap the rewards of the review's work. But he also added, it is important that Australians understand changes are not going to happen overnight. Have we heard anything from the opposition? Yes. So we have a statement from the shadow minister for NDIS, Michael Sukar, and he said, quote, unsurprisingly, the independent review has left many questions unanswered and stones unturned. The government will now have to outline which changes they support and how they plan to transform these recommendations into tangible action. He also said, it seems clear that the government will seek to deny access to the NDIS for children with autism and developmental delay. And we know that the NDIS is this joint program between the Commonwealth and the states and territories. And on Wednesday at the National Cabinet meeting, and the National Cabinet is that meeting between the Prime Minister and the leaders of the states and territories, they all agreed to work together on new laws to improve the NDIS. So I think we will see some of these recommendations play out in the structure of those new laws and hopefully see some changes to the programs where those inequities have been identified. We'll be back in your ears on Monday morning. It's going to be hot for a lot of the country this weekend, so please look after yourself, drink a lot of water and uh, share this podcast with a friend for a bit of weekend listening. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. Listener.